Thanks for listening to Schlereth and Evans On Demand, presented by Bathfitter. Hey guys, if you drop the ball when it comes to your bath or shower remodel, Bathfitter doesn't just fit your bath, they fit your budget and schedule. Bathfitter will install a tub or shower in just one day. Bathfitter's price guarantee is a slam dunk. Bathfitter, it just fits. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. Time now for the DenverSports.com front page. Stop what you're doing and listen. Taking a look at the top stories in Denver sports taken from your online home for the best opinions and information on the Broncos, Nuggets, Avalanche, Rockies, and more. What in the name of Dan Issel? With today's DenverSports.com front page, here's Schlereth and Evans. Well, James Merrillat, a Merrillat Monday at DenverSports.com, saying it's time for the Nuggets to wake up, grow up, and shut up the naysayers. He says, another day, another complaint by Nuggets Nation. This time around, Denver fans are upset that Giannis gave himself a free rebound to finish with a triple-double. Uh, Nuggets fans freaked out about the comments. The reaction begs one simple question. Does Denver want to be in the conversation or not? See, this is this is the point we were making last week. James clearly piggybacking on it. Mm-hmm. You're welcome, James. But I brought this up last week when they started talking about the stat padding. Mm-hmm. I said, Nugget fans, this is a good thing. This is a good thing because in the tabloid, create headline, create clickbait, create topics for debate and and arguments back and forth world that ESPN lives in, the fact that they're recognizing that Jokic is going to be a three-time MVP and that the Nuggets are going to be in the NBA Finals with high probability, that they understand we got to start being able to come up with topics that fit our brand when it comes to the Nuggets. And the idea of stat padding is something that at least we can bring it up, argue about it, and create some some clicks, create some fire. Right. So I I think it was by design that they came up with this topic. Perkins, Kendrick Perkins ran with it. And in this case, James and I are on the same page. I think that's a good thing because it means the Nuggets are part of the national conversation. Isn't this what you want? Yeah, I don't know how. I don't know how. I mean, I think Kendrick Perkins, for whatever reason, doesn't like Jokic. So whether it's jealousy, whatever it is, it is it is what it is, which is fine. He didn't have to like it. Um, but it is always good when all of a sudden you rise to the forefront of the minds of the people who run ESPN. Because now it means you're relevant and we're talking about you because... We need to talk about you because the fact of the matter is you are good enough to make a run. And now we have to kind of, quote, unquote, introduce our audience to something we haven't talked about all season long. Because, come on, up until last week when LeBron James turned his foot or hurt his foot, it was all about the Lakers. And when they get in, you know, they'll they'll make short work of the Nuggets and they'll just be on their way. You know, that, that was the whole narrative. But the, the 
stories or the personalities, the athletes that get the most attention from ESPN, it's not like it's always done in glowing terms. They will create those topics, again, the point-counterpoint topics that sometimes do not cast the LeBron Jameses or the um, sure. uh, Kevin Durant's or the... Dak Prescott's in the most favorable of light. Well, they're still, but they're still, still looking to create right. those. There's still hot topics. There's still plenty of those hot topics that surround LeBron James. Mm-hmm. You know the fact that oh he he defers. He like people will be like no he's making the right play. Well, a superstar wouldn't defer in that situation. They take the game over. You know, and so there's still that controversy with some people talk about James being the greatest player in the history of the NBA and. You know, other guys will will take the opposite of that. So, anyhow, that's the way they do it. Uh, this is a line from James's column that will not go over well with Nugget fans. Quote, bad teams get ignored. Good teams get talked about. That's the way it works. Nuggets Nation doesn't seem to understand this. Instead, they whine and complain about every perceived slight. On and on it goes. It's one complaint after another, citing one oversight after another. Yeah, but can you... Let me stand up for Nuggets Nation here. Can can you can you blame them when those slights do occur? When the Nuggets, despite having the best record in the West, only have one All Star, right? Whereas other teams have more than one. Uh, that that's that's something to be understandably annoyed about. Sure, but you understand the extenuating circumstance. Of why they have one All-Star. Although you could make an argument that Gordon should have been an All-Star. But, again, you understand why they only had one. Hey, man, for whatever reason, because they have never won a championship, the Nuggets don't get a lot of national attention. I get it. It's the way it is. And... If they want that, Nugget fan, if you want that, like if that's what you really want, because it comes, and James is right, it does come with scrutiny. When you are that good, you will be scrutinized. Hey, there's two things people love to do. They love to put greatness on pedestals, and you know what they love even more than that? To knock them off pedestals. That's what they like to do. So that's part of the game that is being played right now. And so for the Nuggets, it's a good thing. Anytime you're talking about the Nuggets, anytime... Uh, the national pundits are talking about the Nuggets, even if it's they're besmirching the Nuggets. That's a good thing because it means at least they're paying attention to what you're doing. At DenverSports.com, DMAC writes about what's going on with Avs goalies and can uh, Georgiev save the Cup champs? Yeah, it's not been a, a, a smooth week for Avalanche goaltending. We saw because of the injury to Pavel Francouz, they had to go with uh, an Eninen. And then, and then, and then, and he got well. He wasn't the reason they lost to New Jersey. He wasn't. He wasn't great, but he wasn't the reason they lost. But they gave up seven goals. They get Georgiev back for the Dallas game. They give up another seven goals. And during the course of that Dallas game, they had to turn to recently acquired Keith Kincaid from uh, who came over from Boston. But goalies. Because they're so meticulous about their equipment and and their goalie pads, once you get them broken in, you don't just put on a brand new pair of stiff goalie pads and go out and play a game. You got to break them in properly, right? It'd be like it'd be like as a catcher, you buy a brand new catcher's glove, mm. right? It's all stiff. It's got to be broken in. Imagine trying to go out and catch a game with a brand new 
catcher's glove that hasn't been broken in. Right. Not going to go well. So a lot of times what you'll see with goalies, it's always funny, and this has been going on for decades, is that when they get traded, they use the pads from their old team while they're breaking in new pads. Mm-hmm. And so you had the sight of Kincaid in his avalanche uni wearing bright yellow pads, goalie pads, from his Boston days. And I had some people retell, like, why, why is he wearing those? It's it's simply for those reasons alone. But anyway, do the Avs have, do the issues of the last week give you concern about what this team has in goal right now? Uh, no, I think, uh, listen, they won with Darcy Kemper last year. And Darcy Kemper, I mean, there were, myself included, several times where I thought that Francois should be become the full-time. And he was for a while until he had a bad night. And then they went back to Darcy Kemper over the course of the playoffs. So, no, I'm not. Georgiev has been, has been solid and sometimes spectacular. I think they're okay. But after a week in which we saw them put up back-to-back stinkers, really, against New Jersey and Dallas, and the New Jersey game was a stinker. Don't yeah. put it all on Ennin. And he was, uh, the Az were bad for that hockey game. Uh-huh. And then they were bad again against Dallas. And they gave away a lead late last night and had to settle for, for mm. one point. Where are you at with this team? Take the temperature. Where, where are you at with this team? Where is your confidence level in this team right now? Well, am I... Am I doing the, uh, the forehead? You know the no. This is the way you like it done. Accuracy. This is, this is full accurate rectal. So I'm taking the rectal temperature. Yes. This team. Yes. Um, uh, what, are you using the whole fist, doc. What does it say? It, I still think. I still think I've watched this team play in stretches enough to know that this team is going to go back to the. Western Conference Finals should go back to the Stanley Cup Finals. They're good enough to do that. And I believe that they have enough of that turn it on mentality that they'll do that. I do believe that. Yeah. Until this team is knocked out, I'm going to trust them. Mm-hmm. They've earned the right. They've earned the right. You win it. Whereas the Nuggets are a team that still has to prove it to us. Right. That's just That's just a fact. And you know what? The Avs were in this boat a year ago at this time where mm-hmm. we couldn't trust them yet. And that no matter what they were doing during the regular season, there was that yeah, but caveat that sure snarky wise guys like me threw in. But then they went on and won it all and won it all in such convincing fashion that when you then have a short off season and then you have to jump into an 82 game season, you have the injuries that you've had. You look around. These guys are pros. They're smart. They know the the competition out there. They see what I see. There isn't a team in the West that can beat this team four times. Come on, man. Human nature is going to rear its ugly head from time to time. Mm. And they're just going to go through these lulls where it just, the message coming from the Avs is obvious. Get us to the playoffs. Right. We are just get us to the finish line. This regular season is boring the heck out of us. Yeah, no, that's 100% where they are right now. And they got to go. And, and, yeah, obviously, the Glandiscog thing becomes big. Um, Did you call him Glandiscog? No, Glandiscog. I thought you called him Glandiscog. No. Which is kind of cool because it's kind of like a Benefer type thing. Yeah. It's like the 
Gabe and the Lannisog. Lannisog. You called him Glandisog. Glandy. 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 We need Glandy back. We do need Glandy. We need Glandy back badly. Yeah. Don't worry about the ass. Don't worry about the... I guess my message where, to Avs fan is don't you, worry about the Avs fan, the Avs, until you got to worry give, about the Let abs. me give you the, the confidence. Let me give you the confidence. Who do you have more confidence in the Western Conference? Great question. All right. The, you've got... you've the got Avs or the Nugs? you got to put the Schlereth fortune uh-huh. <laughs> on the Avs or Nuggets. One team going further than the other. Who would you bet it on? The Avs. Why? I just have more. I have more trust in them and their super and their stars across the board. They have a superstar in in McKinnon, but they have stars. I mean they they've got they've got some stars. Brandon's been unbelievable this year. Car is as good as it gets. So yeah, what about the Nuggets? They got the two time MVP. They got uh, Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr., who in the span of one week, I heard uh, D-Max say that Michael Porter Jr. is a Hall of Famer. Right, yeah. And uh, Jamal Murray is a superstar. Yeah. <laughs> D-Max also said that, <laughs> the I think he said the best player on the, the Broncos is uh, Jerry Judy. Yes, because Patrick Sertan, how good can he really be if he's playing corner? Yeah. To which his own partner said, are you stupid? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Derek Wolf. Yeah. Way to go, Wolfie. <laughs> yeah, well, wait, welcome to the program, Wolfie. <laughs> I love it. Yes. I mean, Mike I'm, Porter Jr. is a superstar. I'm, I'm all in. Oh. I'm all in. I'm not oh, I think Michael Porter Jr. is going to the Hall of Fame. Oh, man. Okay. Okay. Keep the blood pressure down. Well, I think Michael Porter Jr. is going to the Hall of Fame. Blood pressure down. Michael blood Porter pressure Jr. Down. He really said that. Well, I think Michael Porter Jr. is going to the Hall of he Fame. He didn't mention, though, he did not mention Breathe. what Hall of Fame. Could he go to into his high school's Hall of Fame? Missouri Hall of Fame? Well, he played like three games at Missouri, didn't he? Okay. All right. Hey. I'm sure his induction to the Hall of Fame will happen the same time it happens for Josh Rosen. Or Sam Darnold. Or Baker Mayfield. Mm. I'm sure they'll all go into the Hall of Fame at the same time. We got a Jackson 5! His career trajectory to be determined, we shall see. Okay, one more here. Uh, Cecil Lammy. His observations from the combine. I've seen a lot of quarterbacks without their shirt on. How about C.J. Stroud, Ohio State quarterback C.J. Stroud, one of Cecil's favorite players in this draft class. Mm-hmm. He's arguably the best quarterback in this draft class, says Cecil, not Bryce Young. Uh, how about this? Daniel Jeremiah? Boy, you got to love the... The hype that comes with the combine, huh? Oh, I know. Here's Daniel Jeremiah. C.J. Stroud is having one of the best throwing sessions I've ever seen at the combine. (laughs) 
no comment on that, huh? I mean, it's like again, what I don't know what that means. I remember when Johnny Manziel went out with shoulder pads and a helmet and just lit it up throwing the football, and everybody went gaga over that. Was it was it him or Baker Mayfield? No, it was Johnny Manziel, right? Meanwhile, the fast riser in the class okay. this year is Anthony Richardson, who just had a wow performance yeah. at the uh, Combine. Mm-hmm. One NFL executive said, quote, Anthony Richardson is a blend of Josh Allen, Cam Newton, and Justin Fields. Mm. Wow. A blend. A blend. Mm. Is that like Deshaun Kaiser being uh, the body of Cam Newton and the brain of Tom Brady? Yeah, where is he now? God, gotta love. I, I, I love I, the hype. You gotta love the the hype yeah. of the combine, the draft. It's all about selling hope, right? Right. It's all Fast about selling risers. hope. Fast risers, Guys. selling hope. Athlete, athletic endeavor. Although, could we see? Could we be seeing a change in what? And let's let, let's stop the DenverSports.com front page right there because I want to I want to get into this conversation a little bit and because because it, it could be something that impacts the Broncos here moving forward is the idea that could teams start looking at the quarterback position differently and here's what I mean with so many athletes playing quarterback in college now and coming out of college with the ability to run. Mm-hmm. Decent passing skills, certainly not the kind of passing skills that we're used to seeing from far more accomplished uh, pocket-passing quarterbacks that we've watched in the NFL. But I wonder if we're going to see a shift towards teams saying, you know what, instead of trying to go out and find that 15-year guy, trying to find our unicorn, why not we just look at it more from the standpoint of quarterbacks now become five, seven-year Plans. We're looking for a guy that will come out because the, the league hasn't caught up yet with the running quarterbacks. Let's find a guy who's athletic. He can run around. Yeah, maybe he'll get hurt. We're not counting on him being our guy for 15 years, but if he can be our guy for five, six, seven years, get as much as we can out of him. Hey, maybe he develops into an unbelievable passer and he can be our guy for 15 years, but that's not what we're counting on. That's not what we're looking for. That's just a fringe benefit. We're looking for a different kind of quarterback, maybe in those shorter windows rather than the long windows. You think we're going to see a shift towards that? Well, I think we already have. I think we've already seen that shift in that, hey, man, we're going to take these kids, even though they're probably not quite ready for prime time throwing the football, but we can still win a lot of football games as we reconstruct the way we think of our team and the way we think of offensive football. And then, like you said, if they become the guy, like if they become and they develop that skill set, then, you know, we morph, we start to morph a little bit. If they don't become that guy, move on to the next one. Yeah, you know, we move on to the next one. And because of the rookie wage scale, because of all those things, it's, you know, we're going to have an opportunity to draft another one or whatever and not have to pay the guy. I mean, think about it. If you're the Giants right now, do you really want to spend $40 million a year? $40 million a year on Daniel Jones? No. Of course no. you don't. Uh, you want nothing to do with that. You want to talk about being in a rock, between a rock and a hard space. Hmm? 
Rocking a hard space? Mm. Rocking a hard place? Mm. I was thinking about you and Sandy rooming together. My foul chick a bow wow. Come on, man. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> happy, happy children. Come on. I'm going to see my man Sandy here pretty soon, and he's going to be like, here you guys talking about me. <laughs> Let it go, man. Yeah. Uh, that stays right between Sandy and I. Okay. Right? Well, and now you. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's you know you get these you get these quarterbacks that come out of college and yeah use them up now maybe that's the way to do it. Hey, we know that running them a lot is going to increase the risk of injury. You know they're they're going to get hurt. They're going to get beaten down a little bit. But hey, we're just trying instead of looking at the. Tom Brady, Peyton Manning model, you look at the Cam Newton model. Mm. Guy who was electric for half a dozen years, eventually just got beat up, never really developed into an elite passer, and his career was over. But you got six to eight really good years out of him, won an MVP, took you to a Super Bowl. Do you give mileage? And as more and more teams start to shift to that style, right? That style all all of a sudden does that style become a style in which you can win? Because up to this point, you've gotten to the playoffs and you've been well. Now that's the question, right? Because if the ultimate goal is to win a Super Bowl, what still is the proven model when it comes to winning a Super Bowl, right? It's the quarterback that can slice and dice from the pocket. Mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes, for all his ability to move around and improvise, one thing is clear with him. He can kill you from the pocket. The other the other narrative, Mike, that the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes are just stomping on is you can't win once you start paying your quarterback. Like that's one of these things. These and these NFL teams try to sell the general population on that all the time, right? Just can't win a championship. Well, hey, once we started having to pay the quarterback, we just couldn't put a team together. Like Kansas City, the one thing I'm excited about when it comes to Kansas City having the run of dominance they've had is they are squelching that that false narrative. You can still put a team together. You got to be. You got to be able to develop guys, and you got to have young guys play well for you. But don't tell me it can't be done. Kansas City's doing it well. On defense, they are, and on their offensive line, they are. But everywhere else, it's just Mahomes carry them. Come on, look what they well, look at what they look at what they sure. put together at the at the skill position. Seventh yeah, round pick. Great old, oh, they went out and, and invested in their own no, line. I'm talking about skill positions. Running Brown. backs, wide receivers. Yeah, yeah. the skill positions. The true skill positions. Yeah, they went guys. out and got Tooney and. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I got you. Mark hates it when I say wide receivers or running backs or tight ends or skill position players. Hates that. They're not. Just not. <sighs> skill. Give me a break. <laughs> It's just so but but look at but look at Kansas City what they've been allowed to do is they've been able to put their resources towards O-line defense 
because they have a quarterback that you could. Well, see, but they, but they you can put a bunch of skies, MVSs, they, Pachecos, they, and Juju's out there. They, and they didn't. No put their, They didn't put their resources to defense. Like they put. Well, their, they paid. They paid Chris Jones. They they paid their line of scrimmage. Yes. Okay. Good point. They had six rookies playing on the defensive side of the ball for them. Defensive lineman and and uh, what's the guy's name? George Karloftis. And then they had corners and safeties and nickel guys. A couple of also ran linebackers. I, I mean, it's it's the way they put their team together. Got to get a couple pass rushers. We'll survive on the back end. And you know, and and ultimately. Got to protect our quarterback. Seventh round running back. Pacheco. Here you go. Runs hard. I mean, I'm not taking anything away from him. I love him. He runs hard, man. He he is a difference maker. Bunch of dudes out there playing wide receiver. Just just guys. The guys, hey, the guys that, that Aaron Rodgers couldn't win with. MVS. Became Super Bowl champions under under Kermit. What's his name? <laughs> I'm here. Yeah, just kills me. By the way, Kelsey did a did his Mahomes. He, he did. He, it was good. It was, and I was I was he did it really well. But more, the the, the crowd was laughing. The the audience was laughing. It wasn't a clean cut. We couldn't get it. The more 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 stuff was more. funny. More more more. How do you like Kelsey? Kelsey drives me like crazy, but he well, was good. He was. He was good, good on set. He's going to be. He's got a bright. That guy is not lacking for confidence. No. Everyone's like, oh, he's going to be great in TV. He's going to do a lot more than TV after he's done playing. Jabroni. Hey, what do you mean? He's going to be an actor. He's going to be a good one. What? Yep. I. <laughs> Come on. We just got defensive mark there. No. What do you mean? What, what yes, you... I'm telling you, he's he's going to follow. I see John Cena. I see uh, uh, The Rock. Travis uh, Kelsey? A- athletes have gone on to be really, really good at Mark Schlereth. No. I. Mm-hmm. He'll get play. He'll have. You know one thing he'll have? Opportunity. Merlin Olsen. Merlin. Hey there, there's a place where you don't have to run. Hey there, he was great on Gentle Ben. There's a place where living free in harmony and majesty. Wait a minute, are you trying to give me an oh really? <laughs> <laughs> I see three you or three you. You're trying to get me to say no. <laughs> he was Father Murphy, right, and you were going. <laughs> this is sad. When gentle bent on you, I thought I might be able to get I know, you. I know. Yeah. I know, but I couldn't remember who did play. I don't remember the guy's I know name it wasn't, either. I know it wasn't him. No. But I was just trying to get you to say, when I said gentle, you say Little House on the Prayer. Oh, something like that. Yeah. 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 No. yeah. Okay. Coming up, uh, good reaction to whether or not the, the quarterback model has changed. And it does raise a question. What is Sean Payton's... Plan B. That's next. You're going to need a bigger boat. It's time for Schlereth and Evans' big story of the day. Why, sister, you're so 
You're so big. Here's Schlereth and Evans with this morning's biggest story in Denver sports. Big, 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 huge. So we have some uh, some breaking NFL news. I don't know if it's if it's worthy of this. This is not a drill. <laughs> this is not a drill. <laughs> but I love it when he gets. Well, I love it when Zach gets excited. According to multiple reports, Derek Carr has chosen the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, Derek Carr to the Big Easy makes perfect sense when you think about just. Of all the teams you can go to that right now are searching for a quarterback, who gives you the best chance to win football games? Which team? You look at the weakness of the NFC South in general. Yep. No quarterback in Tampa. You know, coming on a rookie season for Desmond Ritter with mixed reviews. Nice kid. He's got talent. But, you know, is, is he ready for prime time? Probably not. Atlanta, Carolina. What are they going to do at quarterback? Oh, wait. They got a Hall of Famer at quarterback, don't they? Do they still have oh. Sam Darnold? Uh, yeah, as of right now. though, Well, he's a free agent. He's a free agent. Well, he'll get scooped up right away then. How much do you think not wanting to play in New York? Derek Carr does not strike me as somebody that would bask in 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 the New York atmosphere, Fresno State, Oakland, Vegas—I don't know that that doesn't strike me as the kind of guy who wants the heat that goes with playing in New York. Yeah, the other thing is maybe they just figured, maybe he figured that you know they were more. He was a a not their number one choice. He was if they can't get Aaron Rodgers, then Derek Carr, and you look at that and say, man, I want to be. I want to be the guy they look to as the guy that's going to come in here and, and help save the franchise, not the guy that is second fiddle to Aaron Rodgers. Now, remember, they did talk. The Raiders gave Carr permission to try to work out a trade with the Saints, and Carr correctly and smartly said, uh-uh, I'm yeah. going to make you release me, and I yeah. get to be a free agent and sign whatever deal I want to sign. But uh, so Derek Carr didn't want to work with Nathaniel Hackett. I mean, considering Nathaniel Hackett had nothing to do with what happened here last year, it was all Russ's fault. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you think that Derek Carr would be? You want to jump right on that bandwagon, running, not walking, to mm. work with somebody as highly touted as Nathaniel Hackett? Right. I mean, it depends on how much you like to watch videos during tree practice. Coming uh, up right now, let's uh, say good morning to our senior writer at uh, denversports.com, the one and only Andrew Mason. He joins us on the Johnson Auto Plaza hotline. Mace, good morning. Quick thoughts on Derek Carr to the to the Saints. I mean, you kind of hit the nail on the head with the, the, the NFC South. That is a, a very winnable division. And, I mean, and you can not only winnable, but if you can – I mean, what were the Saints? Were they uh, were they eight and nine last year, seven and ten, something like that? I mean, there it's Carr could look at that situation and say, "Hey, I step in, do well. That's a, that's a ten or eleven win team that goes to the playoffs, even though they don't have a first round pick, and they're doing their usual things to manipulate the cap." I think the interesting thing there, though, potentially for the the Broncos, is what happens now with Jameis Winston. Do they bring him back, or do they? Uh, do they get some cap relief by uh, moving on from him? And if that's the case, does 
Sean Payton looked to bring in bringing Jameis Winston and reunite with him as a backup quarterback here. He did sign Jameis to be the backup in New Orleans back in uh, back in 2020 when Drew Brees was still there. Yeah, that's a that's interesting. That what will what will they do? And and you know, from your perspective, obviously, I think a veteran backup quarterback probably makes some sense. So. James, is Jameis Winston the guy? Do you think I've heard Marcus Mariota? Like, what direction? Or, or do they bring in, in your opinion, a veteran backup guy? I mean, I th- I think they're going to bring in somebody who's got a reasonable amount of starting experience. And I think the interesting thing on, on Mariota is that he probably fits better as a backup to Russell Wilson if you want somebody who can step in and you don't have to change much because if you do ask Russell Wilson to run the football more and play to his strengths and have it look like he did in Seattle, then Marcus Mariota, if he had to come in, is definitely uh, more comparable in terms of skill set and, and running the exact same offense. Jameis Winston, he's uh, you know he's a pocket passer. You're not going to you're not going to be able to do uh, the same things. It's not going to look the same if if. Wilson went down and you had to turn to Jameis Winston. But on the other hand, uh, other when he, you know, before he uh, got injured back in, um, back in 2021, when he started that year as the starter, he looked really good. He looked like he fixed a lot of the issues that, that, uh, that dogged him in Tampa Bay. And, uh, I know that John Payton thinks highly of, of Winston and how he worked and, uh, what was going on down there. So, uh, it would be, it would be intriguing and certainly, uh, we're talking about we're talking about either way we're talking about backup quarterbacks who uh if Russell Wilson struggles maybe the public would say hey let's put that guy in yeah that was going to be my question Andrew Mason our guest because as I'm sure Sean Payton while he is confident that he can fix Russell Wilson he's got to be thinking about uh life after Russ what based on studying Sean Payton's career in New Orleans does this guy strike you as somebody that wants to draft and develop young quarterbacks or is he simply always going to be looking to try to fix a veteran quarterback well it's kind of interesting there because in the last few years he's looked more when he's looked at when he looked at backups for Drew Brees in particular toward the end he looked for he for veterans not end of career veterans but uh, mid-career veterans with starting experience because he had Bridgewater for a couple of years, and then he had J- and then he had Jameis Winston. Um, earlier on, for, you know, he he had uh, he actually had Mark Brunel, I think, for a couple of years as Drew Brees', Brees backup, but then also had a uh, Chase Daniel who uh, they drafted and developed as a backup uh, in New Orleans and was there for a while. And if you go way back, if you go back to his time in Dallas as an assistant coach. They had an undrafted quarterback named Tony Romo, and basically Sean Payton developed Tony Romo, and then Romo became the starter uh, right there just after Payton had moved on to uh, to New Orleans as the head, take with the head coaching job. So there's a little bit of both in there. What I think we'll, they'll probably end up settling on is a veteran backup with some starting experience as the number two, and then I think you'll see a day three or priority undrafted quarterback brought in. Maybe they're on the practice squad. Maybe they're on the back end of the 53 as the number three quarterback. And that's why, I mean, I, watch, I was watching some of the some of the quarterbacks um, 
over at the, at the, the Combine this weekend, someone like a, a Dorian Thompson-Robinson out of UCLA, who's probably a, a late-round pick, saw him over at the, uh, the Shrine Bowl, ditto Aiden O'Connell out of Purdue. Though you might be looking at a quarterback like that brought in to round out the depth chart and be developed. Hey, real quick with uh, 30 seconds or so that we have left, um, the Combine, you coming off the Combine, any, any feel or kind of direction that they might go with those two third round picks did you anybody they may target did did you see anything like that that uh, or get any hint on what the Broncos might be doing I mean not specific players but I mean you're kind of looking at, looking at, at the general areas and I think I'd be surprised if one of those two picks in the third round if they hold on to them uh, wasn't an offensive lineman also uh, you're looking kind of at where what the value is going to be what types of players are going to be there and where you're going to get the most value out of those picks and um, I think you could be also looking at a defensive front seven player, either an interior defensive lineman or an edge rusher. Part of that could be neat, especially if Draymond Jones, if they, if they let him walk and he moves on, I think there'll be some good uh, interior defensive linemen available right there at the top of the, thir- of the third round. I, I wrote about a couple of them uh, in the day three. I wrote about a couple of them at denversports.com. And then, um, and then on the edge, even though, it may, edge rusher may not look like a huge need, but right now you've got Baron Browning, who's got a real good skill set, but it still hasn't all come together just yet to be a number one edge rusher. Randy Gregory, he's got the skills, but he struggles to stay healthy. Nick Benito, the jury's still out on him. He's got to set the edge a lot better. So, it, so given the quality and depth of edge rusher in this year draft, would not all surprise me if that's an area where the Broncos make a pick in the third round. Okay. Mace, good stuff. Thank you. Thanks, Mace. No problem, fellas. Take care. Andrew Mason, our senior Bronco writer at denversports.com. As we were talking to Mace, something that popped into mind. Could Derek Carr to the Saints have a huge impact on the Broncos offseason? Tell you why next. It's Schlereth and Evans on Denver's Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. With the news that Derek Carr is going to the Saints, could that have a huge impact on the Broncos offseason? Hear me out. How so? Hear me out. All right. Before they even work out a new contract for Derek Carr, which they will, and it's going to be pricey. You're talking about probably guaranteed money that puts him right up there with the likes of uh, Dak Prescott, Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, mm-hmm. probably in that, uh, what, 130 to 140, 150 range, right? Mm-hmm. The Saints are 29th in the NFL right now in terms of cap space. They're $17 million over the cap okay. before they even do a deal with Derek Carr. Mm-hmm. They're in cap hell. Okay. Right? Wasn't that the idea? Oh, right. Sean Payton. Why do we want Sean Payton? Look right. at what, look at how he did the Saints but, dirty, right? But wait, how are the Saints going to make this happen? How could well, they possibly? Well, will they have to cut some players? Yeah, and could that be to the Broncos' benefit? Was Sean Payton maybe ready to pounce? Let me throw out some names. Okay, and you tell me if if you based on what you know about the Saints and what mm. you think Payton might view these players, if these guys could be potential Broncos. And I'm just going to kind of go down the list a little bit. Jameis Winston. Makes no sense to carry Jameis Winston and his $15 million cap hit now that you're going to commit to Derek Carr. Correct. 
Yeah, so Jameis Winston could become available as a veteran backup quarterback to Russ. Okay? And by the way, as much as I believe Russell Wilson can bounce back this year, Mm -hmm. he does not get, like, you're the guy, Russ, no matter what. Right, no. You're the guy, figure it out. You'll have 17 games to figure it out. Uh -uh, uh -uh, uh Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. You may believe that Russell Wilson can bounce back, but you've got to have a, a contingency plan that involves a legitimate... Correct. Somebody that you believe can step in and start and win games. And yes, will we have, in theory, a quarterback controversy right from day one? Okay. Too bad. Russ, that's yeah. the situation you've created for I yourself. I don't know that I would... I mean, I, James wouldn't be my first choice of veteran guys. Who would be? Well, I, I mean, I don't know all the guys that are available right now. Well, you got Teddy, uh, Br- Br- is Teddy Bridgewater still available? Is he available? Would he be a guy to play? He played really well under Sean Payton. Not like again. I don't know. I don't know who's actually becomes available. Okay, Jameis Winston's one. How about Ryan Ramschek? That would solve your right tackle issues. Ryan Ramschek is a player, really good. Huge. Okay, that'd be he'd be a great one. He carries a big number, huge number. Alvin Kamara. Now, he's got some legal issues going on, right? But, dude is legit. But, does does Alvin Kamara want to come here and fight for time with, although Sean Payton did a really good job of managing he both he and, um, and what's his name? Uh, Mark, Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram. So... Probably be too big a price tag, though. Do you think? I don't know. There are a lot of free agent running backs out yeah. there. Although it looks like Josh Jacobs is off the board. By the way, we we're kind of thinking about Jacobs. Raiders say they're going to uh, franchise tag him. Yeah. Boy, what a turnaround for Jacobs, huh? Go right. from Josh, not Josh McDaniels, not picking up the, the fifth year option on him to the, him having franchise. such a great year that he's yeah. going to get franchise tag. At least you know maybe with the idea of working on a new deal. Uh, what about Marshawn Lattimore? Marshawn Lattimore. Could you imagine if that guy's healthy? That guy's legit. He can play. He and Pat Sertan. Oh yeah. I mean, if only they could play wide receiver. Oh my god. Well, they would. You know, they would instantly. They would instantly become like the. I guess the probably called the fourth and fifth fifth best players on the team <laughs> behind. <laughs> Cortland Sutton, <laughs> Jerry Judy, and Hamler. Yes, right? all receivers. Right. Yes. yes. Then, okay. then you would players have on your team. Sertan and, and Lattimore. Uh, let me give you another one. How about Andres Pete, guard? Uh, Andres Pete. Andres. Andres Pete can. He's had some injury issues. I think inconsistency because he can be a dominant player. Um, but would he be an upgrade over what you've had inside? Absolutely. I'd rather have Kareem Jackson back, but what about uh, Tyron Matthew? Honey Badger. Honey Badger can still play, man. Honey Badger don't mess around. No. They don't give a you-know-what. <laughs> I'd, love, I'd love to see the Honey Badger here. By the way, one of the great dudes you will ever be around. One of the great leaders. One of the great just guys. You want to talk about getting it. Put him and Patrick Peterson back in the same backfield. Like they were in Arizona together. 
What about uh, Michael Thomas? We've talked about him before. Yeah, Michael Thomas is a absolute horse who hasn't in the last two years hasn't been able to play right. But a handful of games, I just don't. But it figures there are going to be some players now that are going to be right. casualties in New Orleans, and so you know, Sean is is watching for that. Oh yeah, he because he knows that ro- he knows that roster like mm-hmm. the back of his hand. Right, right. Uh, why do people know the back of their hand so well? Have you ever really studied the back of your hand? I have not. Like, if I took a picture of your hand, I'd go, okay, give me some identifying markers of the back of your hand. It's a good point. Would you really be able to tell if I put, like, your hand in a lineup? It's a good point. I'm much more familiar with the palm of my hand. <laughs> <laughs> not what I meant. No, he was a poem reader back in Come high school. Oh, jeez. Get your minds out of the gutter, everybody. Right. His nickname in high school jeez. was a palmist. Jeez. Come on now. Yeah. Man, oh, man. I can't believe your people's mind went right there. <laughs> I'm trying to look at the back of my hand right now and just see if those things are scarred. No, no, no. They look pretty Actually, good. not too bad. My hands are not bad. Actually, they're not bad at all. Considering all the holding you did. I'm amazed that your hands are in such good shape. You see my feet. My feet are incredible. I got model feet. I have model feet. No, you don't. My your feet, feet. I are, have I beautiful just feet. can't even imagine no, dude. how short and sausagey your little toes are. <laughs> probably in your pinky. No, your no, pinky toe probably no, curls over to the side no, like like the nails actually on the ground. Nope. Nope. I have Dude. beautiful feet. Your feet. They are like a baby's bottom. No. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I am telling you. Chubby. Nope. No. Nope. My feet should be in a magazine. Uh, I'm telling you what. All right. We may have to have a... Man, a it's, too bad. it's too bad that Rex didn't get the job, right? Oh, he could have judged. That's, we, he could still judge. I could send him a picture of the two of our feet. Okay. Say, hey, we're having an argument here, and <laughs> we don't know anybody that's more of a foot expert than you. Whose foot do you think is sexier? <laughs> we and we put them unmarked, right? Just yours versus mine, right? I wonder what kind of what like what would be the criteria? The yeah, criteria that, ju- that angular bone judges, structure, right? Judges because then you get you have to get into multiple like multiple looks at the foot, right? Yeah, back of my hand. Never really paid any attention to it. <laughs> we are done. Can't believe, look, look at the textures. I can't believe. Yeah, you guys are just are dirty, dirty minds. Dirty, dirty, dirty minds. The uh, Players Club, let me uh, mention. And by the way, the Players Club, they're going to be uh, heading up to uh, Vegas here for uh, very soon. You want to make sure you get uh, signed up to uh, win in there. What's the uh, contest? I'll but, be on equivalent of the hotel that's in uh, Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> Superbook Sports presents the Denver Sports 5K Bracket Challenge. Sleeping with the rats. The winner of each round receives <laughs> tickets to every concert at Cheyenne Frontier Days. Yeah. But we're close to the beach. Uh, the grand prize winner takes home $5,000. Powered by the Transportation Security Administration and the Urology Center of Colorado. Register now. Get your friends or your office pool signed up, too. Sign up at denversports.com slash bracket. Players Club, coming your way next.
When your team is in hot water and you need a break from the play-by-play, Bath Fitter can install your tub or shower in just one day. And just like a coach, Bath Fitter is in your corner offering a watertight, seamless wall. A design consultant will take accurate measurements of your tub or shower and recommend the products that fit your budget. Bath Fitter has special financing available with no money down and no interest for up to five years. Now that's a game changer. Visit bathfitter.com to book your in-home consultation. Bath Fitter, it just fits. 